0: We've got 손지윤 here in the studio for the news briefing. Hello, good morning. Good morning. I hope you enjoyed your Children's Day holiday (laughs) yesterday. I I assume you don't have any kids yet. No, I don't. (laughs) But it's a good day of rest uh, for most of the people here in this country. But one thing uh, post-Children's Day that is now going to be a bit of a landmark occasion is that uh, starting today officially, Mm -hmm. the country's months-long social distancing comes to an end And we are slowly going back to the pre-coronavirus period.
1: Yes, so I guess everyone is pretty excited about this new um, change. Uh, The golden holiday period that lasted for about a week since last week finished yesterday, during which groups of people uh, might have gathered in popular places, coming into contact with hundreds or even possibly thousands of people. The country only reported three additional cases yesterday, uh, all of them being so-called imported cases, so things look very promising. But health authorities are still afraid of silent transmissions that may be continuing uh, to spread as we speak, and thus we should stay more vigilant than ever, according to uh, our health authorities. KCDC Deputy Chief Kwon Junuk said that the virus may revisit us anytime, but we won't be blindsided this time, and that we are fully prepared for another uh, wave of coronavirus once it comes. Uh, the government will put more effort in R&D uh, research and development in medical industry so that uh, it can come up with cures or vaccines uh, till the virus comes uh, comes and visit us again. And meanwhile, uh, he said that we will focus on containing the virus with available resources. He also added that we will return to our daily lives with everyday quarantine measures.
0: Right, and we'll get more details on what exactly uh, mm-hmm. that means. Uh, Won't be blindsided is an interesting quote because uh, what they're saying is that uh, like patient number 31, the notorious patient who was a super spreader, uh, the uh, member of the uh, Shincheonji SACT, uh, they're going to be now more vigilant and able to mm-hmm. prepare for this. Uh, he ac- he actually had more to say on this. So actually, we'll hear a clip from uh, Kwanjunuk of the uh, KCDC. 내일부터는 생활 속 거리두기란 기존과 같은 일상으로 돌아가는 것이 아니라 어, 감염 예방 수칙이 일상생활에 녹아들어서 국민들이 상식적으로 상시적으로 실천하는 새로운 일상으로 어, 나아가게 됩니다. 언제든지 상황이 악화가 되면 강화된 사회적 거리두기로 돌아갈 수 있음을 생각하시면서 So we're not talking about going exactly like we were maybe um, January, February of this year when people pretty much could do whatever they wanted Mm -hmm. without masks. There are going to be some things and some measures in place, but he's saying that at a uh, flip of a switch, they can go back to what Mm -hmm. we've been doing right now if the situation uh, gets worse. Um, So they're going to do some strengthening of monitoring?
1: Yes. So our health authorities will strengthen monitoring over respiratory symptoms by designating some 500 public health clinics as respiratory symptom monitoring clinics uh, since those symptoms mm-hmm. become more popular in fall or winter seasons. And the government will add 500 more later ahead of the winter and fall seasons. Right. As and so
0: it's just always to be uh, prepared uh, and uh, hope for the best, but mm-hmm. uh, prepare for the worst. Uh, but uh, this idea of slowly going back to our daily lives, It does include schools as well.
1: Yes. Uh, Our kids will start returning to their classrooms starting next Wednesday. Now, first with high school students who are expected to be more compliant with quarantine guidelines. Now, high school seniors uh, will start going back to classrooms next Wednesday. Then high school juniors, middle school seniors and first and second year elementary school students will return to their classrooms on May 20th. Then on May 27th, it would be high school freshmen, middle school juniors, 3rd and 4th elementary school students and the rest will go back to classrooms starting on the 1st of June mm-hmm. now, KCDC chief Chong eun said that there, the possibility of students uh, catching this virus uh, within their classrooms isn't that high however uh, schools should keep an eye on cluster infections that could happen in classrooms and thus health and education authorities are currently coming up with prevention measures
0: Right, and I can tell you that there are still some concerned parents out there but there are also uh, some relieved parents out there Mm -hmm. because of their kids uh, being cooped up at home and sort of the extra care that's uh, uh, being needed on that front. Uh, But uh, the... uh thing that a lot of people are feeling a little bit of uh, relief is that uh, perhaps uh, we can resume our daily lives albeit mm-hmm. with some precautions but again and it it sounds like a broken record and people might be uh, tired of hearing mm-hmm. about it but this does not mean we can uh, just let our cautions down we do have to stay vigilant and uh, especially uh, be worried about situations like what we've seen going on in tegu recently
1: right so untraceable infections continue Continued popping up in Tegu, which is quite concerning. So far, our health authorities couldn't trace back 1,021 infections countrywide, meaning that they couldn't find out where and from whom these patients contracted the virus from. As of Sunday, nine of those cases uh, happened that were untraceable from the previous two weeks. Uh, 6.8% of all confirmed cases during the period, which is over the government's target of 5%, which is why we should stay quite uh, concerned. Mm -hmm. What's more concerning is that seven of these nine cases are from Tegu. One was asymptomatic, meaning that this uh, person did not show any symptoms. If these patients went around coming into contact with other people, it means that there could be more unidentified patients, possibly in clusters. In response, Tegu decided not to join others in relaxing social distancing measures. Now, Mayor of Tegu Kwon Yongjin released a statement yesterday in Said that Tegu will continue to maintain strengthened social distancing measures given the circumstances. Moreover, schools in Tegu may open later than the education ministry's schedule, and those in Tegu are also expected to be required to wear face masks uh, on public transportations.
0: Yeah, so it is unfortunate that Tegu uh, perhaps uh, cannot uh, join the rest of the country mm-hmm. right now in uh, starting to. Go back to this so-called everyday quarantine life. And you don't want to cast um, unfounded suspicions. But what we did know back then was that there are a lot of cases of members of the Shinshenji Church Mm -hmm. who did not disclose their church affiliation, later were found to be uh, positive, and then later had to admit that they were part Mm -hmm. of this. And they've been remaining secretive. Uh, There has been a push for more transparency, but I I think we've still seen cases of that, uh, unfortunately, occur. And these mystery of these uh, seven cases, again, do lead some people to perhaps uh, feel uh, there might be still some transparency Mm -hmm. uh, problems there uh, with the church. But we will have to see on that front. But uh, we will have to also have a hope that uh, the easing of these social measures, Tiyun, would mean that uh, perhaps we can see some kind of a boost to the economy. There certainly mm-hmm. has been some uh, economic challenges here. Uh, another measure that was taken by the uh, central government to uh, provide disaster relief. Everyone happy about that. We talked about um, how who's eligible, how much mm-hmm. people can get, and you can spend in your local economy. But uh, it looks like, unfortunately, there are people who are trying to exploit this situation.
1: Yes, unfortunately. Well, Kyonggi is one of the provinces that rolled out its local disaster emergency allowance programs earlier than other provinces. And its cash aid and coupons are already circulating in the market, fueling money into the local markets. Now, Unfortunately, some merchants saw an opportunity to abuse this well-intentioned program and they decided to raise the market price of their goods. Now, a number of consumers posted on social network services uh, of how local shops and markets have raised the price of groceries. Now, this harms consumers who don't have other options to turn to. For example, those who live in underdeveloped commercial areas. They don't have any choice but to go to those shops and pay more. Now, in response, Kyonggi Mayor Yi jae said that once identified, uh, the local government will remove the stores from the list of shops that can receive payment in disaster relief allowances and will later conduct local tax audits
0: rightly so, people are outraged by this kind of Mm -hmm. price gouging, and uh, you don't want to take advantage of uh, the the government generosity as well as people who might not have any other alternatives. We know that there are exceptions. You cannot use these funds for uh, the big online shopping malls, or the big Mm -hmm. department stores, or the big uh, retailers. And so those guys can stay price competitive, Mm -hmm. but you can't buy it if you don't have the funds to do so. And if it's these local markets who we know we sympathize for being uh, kind of uh, bullied around in the marketplace, have been suffering a lot from mm-hmm. this economy. But at the same time, do you want them to also uphold some ethical standards as well. And so uh, th- there looks like there will be a crackdown and we hope that everyone can survive in this economy, but uh, do things fairly. Uh, let's talk about the global perspective of all of this then, Tune, because uh, there is now a, a push to uh, distribute COVID-19 testing kits, try to get some vaccines and treatments available mm-hmm. at affordable prices. And so uh, let's first hear some remarks from the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres. I was very happy to join the World Health Organization and an initial group of health actors to launch the ACT Accelerator, a landmark global cooperation to speed up the development, production, and equitable access to the new COVID-19 diagnostics, therapeutics, and vaccines. These new tools can help us to fully control the pandemic and must be treated as global public goods, available and affordable for all. All right.
1: Well, as you heard, um, as part of an effort to making these vaccines and cures a global public goods available and affordable for all, the UN Secretary General hopes to raise $8 billion uh, for the fight against the coronavirus. Now, of the targeted $8 billion, $4 billion will be used for vaccine developments, $2 uh, $2 billion will be used for searching treatments, and the rest $1.5 billion uh, will be used for producing testing kits. Now, the Secretary General added that uh, this $8 billion is for development alone and to help everyone in need globally the world would need about $40 billion Mm -hmm. which is five times more uh, the target in fact UN member countries pitched in at least 7.4 billion euro already almost hitting the $8 billion target now EU commission contributed 1 billion euro Norway uh, contributed $1 billion Japan $800 million France and Germany each contributed 500 and 500, 520 million euro. Uh, other countries uh, that donated certain amounts include Britain, Italy, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Australia, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and African states, um, and many more have donated. South Korea also decided to donate, and it donated mm. around 50 million dollars. Unfortunately, the U.S., Russia, and India opted out uh, from donating. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. These uh, donations are made public, so it's interesting to see sort of the, the gap in, in, in uh, how certain countries are are, are uh, donating quite a large amount, um, other countries mm-hmm. perhaps a little less so, uh, South mm-hmm. Korea being one of those countries. The U.S., Russia, and India not uh, deciding to participate. The U.S. is an interesting case and a little bit worrisome because they were also one of the very few countries that decided not to use the global standard for the WHO no. with the mm-hmm. testing kits in the beginning of the outbreak. And the CDC in the U.S. tried to develop their kits on mm-hmm. their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was Found to have a uh, very very uh, fatal flaw in those t- kits, which delayed their testing protocols, which unfortunately was one of the factors right. as to why we're seeing the uh, U.S. situation uh, so uh, unfortunate in terms of how they've been unable to handle the the spread of the virus uh, compared to other countries like South Korea, namely. So um, the. Uh, cooperation there will be ongoing. Now, you mentioned Europe and a lot of these European countries. Uh, Norway really sticks out, uh, Mm -hmm. a country of that uh, relatively small size, donating over a billion dollars. But European countries are also uh, trying to, and and you would say uh, Norway is one of the countries that handled it fairly well. They're trying to gradually return to this uh, pre-COVID-19 period as well, just like South Korea, Mm -hmm. in terms of resuming economic activities.
1: Right. Uh, So Italy, the third hardest hit country after the US and Spain also decided decided to relax its two-month-long lockdown on Monday, releasing some 4.5 million workers back to its economy. Uh, Spain, Belgium, Portugal, Greece and other European countries also allowed parts of their factories and businesses to resume operations. Lockdown is finished, but strong quarantine measures will continue in those countries. For example, bars and restaurants have resumed operations but they are only allowed to sell takeouts. No weddings will be allowed in this period, and funerals will only be allowed to host maximum of 15 people, and everyone has to wear face masks. Now, masks are mandatory in public places and transportations. Now, as for Spain, its prime minister is expected to ask the country's uh, countries uh, to approve, country's MP to approve an extension of the state of emergency Wednesday local time which could resume its strict lockdown.
0: And we know that they will try to be cautious, especially with these very devastated countries like Italy and Spain, and Mm -hmm. that uh, just like Korea, who uh, had suffered uh, comparatively less, uh, there is going to be a trigger in place that uh, if another outbreak occurs, they will go back to those uh, strict lockdown measures. We're going to turn to politics now, ji Yun, um, and uh, another uh, factor of this aftermath of the uh, huge landslide victory by the ruling Democratic Party in the recent April general elections. Some people are gracious losers. Some people mm-hmm. are perhaps not as gracious in defeat. Uh, they, we have several conservative lawmakers and these extreme right-wing YouTubers who keep uh, kind of ginning up these conspiracy theories over possible election fraud or a vote rigging, uh, particularly in the early Vote, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we're seeing now not just the ruling party and just normal, commonsensical, uh, logical people who are rebutting this. Uh, even some uh, rebuttals coming from unexpected people,
1: very unexpected figures. Actually, uh, two figures who won the general election as independents, including former LKP lawmaker Hong Junpyo and Yi Yongho, criticized those who raised speculations that the votes might have been rigged. Now Hong said that it's the 21st century. It's it's not likely to rig votes and that it's not too late for us to wait until the recount is done. Uh, He said theoretically it is possible, but he has doubts that such vote riggings have happened. Now, Li Yong-ho said that uh, such conspiracy theory is not worth arguing even. And he said early voting surely has its flaws and there's room for improvement. He said the fact that the vote turnout is higher in early voting than the actual voting in some regions is quite concerning, and that it means there has been not enough time for voters to validate candidates since early votings happen physically mm-hmm. earlier than the actual voting, and that there is a need to reduce or abolish early voting as a whole
0: right so uh Lee comments could be. Consider a little bit uh, controversial. I, uh, he is trying to rejoin the uh, the ruling party, and that would not be a stance that would be popular in terms of uh, mm-hmm. calling for the abolishment of mm-hmm. of early voting. Uh, knowing that uh, the younger people tend to be the right. more active participants in early voting, Holmes' points are more interesting in the sense that he also, in, in that Facebook post uh, describing what you said, talked about how when he was the party leader back it, in right. the old days during the No mm-hmm. election, there were some people saying, "Oh, this was a flawed election." Mm-hmm. He went back and said, uh, "Let's get a recount mm-hmm. here," and it actually turned out that then losing right. candidate Hae Chang actually lost a couple mm-hmm. of votes and two, two mm-hmm. and then Noong Hyun actually gained three, three more right. votes so he's saying this is not the period of the Dang or the mm-hmm. Liberty Party where you can just kind of stuff ballot boxes right. and change things anymore this is the modern period and we just got to be a little bit more commonsensical and so mm-hmm. hopefully uh, that kind of logic will prevail among the conservatives there and we can put this issue to bed. Let's talk about another controversy that was brewing for quite a while. It, it was a very popular ride hailing service here in korea they had to stop operations last month because Mm -hmm. the national assembly uh, passed a revision that uh, in essence basically banned this service it's been about two months since then and now we are seeing this company uh, deciding to file a petition
1: right so the so uh, the revised act only allows tada to rent out its vans and drivers for at least six hours at airports and ports for tour purposes only now it used to provide its services to any customers without limits to service hours and air years before. The value creators and company, uh, known as VCNC, the operator of TADA, submitted a petition to the Constitutional Court against a revised Passenger Transport Service Act last Friday, accusing that the revision is an infringement of freedom of corporate activities and other basic rights. The company also pointed out that the new act not only harms themselves, but it also harms consumers by restricting their transportation options.
0: You've used this service before? I haven't. You've not? Mm. Um, I, I know a lot of people who have used this service have really been kind of one of the more ardent sort of mm-hmm. supporters of having this service going. It kind of is, you, you you sympathize with the plight of the taxi drivers and their demands and, and uh, their concerns about all of this. But at the same time, you also uh, kind of wonder about the quality of service and, and, and why uh, a company like Tada was able to be so successful on that front, despite all these legal questions about mm-hmm. the registration of taxi licenses and what. So it's going to be an interesting uh, petition uh, going forward to see if it's successful or not. We're going to talk real estate now here. Uh, the administration has been certainly uh, putting a lot of time and effort. It's been one of their election pledges uh, to try to reduce the cost of housing for people who just quite simply cannot afford mm-hmm. to live in a decent area, especially here in Seoul, and especially in the uh, what most people think is the overpriced Gangnam area. What are some of the possible follow-up measures the government is likely to take?
1: Right. So if you look at the success... Uh, Uh, track record of the government's effort, property prices in Seoul actually fell by 0.07% as of May 1st. It's been declining for five consecutive weeks, according to Data Korea appraisal board yesterday. Now April housing sale price also fell 0.02% from the previous month, a first decline in 10 months since June last year. Now a downward trend in property prices uh, that started in Kangnam and reconstruction areas seems to be spreading across Seoul. Um, And partially, these are attributable to less property trading due to economic downturn brought by the pandemic, but mostly attributable to the government's stricter regulation over tax evasion and illegal gifting. Now, the government's next move is likely uh, expanding housing supply in Seoul and other metropolitan areas, mostly by rolling out small redevelopment projects to revamp worn-out residential areas and constructing uh, more public rental housings.
0: This is one of those uh, policies that, uh, if you recall, the then uh, candidate Moon Jae-in, when he was asked about when he was the uh, chief of staff, uh, key aide to the uh, former president, uh, uh, No Mu Hyun, about one of the uh, regrets of that uh, uh, administration was that they were not able to get a handle on on real estate and, and the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem a lot more determined uh, to to make sure that this comes to fruition, despite some blowback, and we've seen the election results that had occurred uh, in Seoul, where mm-hmm. it was a clean sweep for the ruling party but there were only um, a few constituencies where the uh, conservative uh, opposition party won, which were namely the the Gangnam right. districts yes. and that one district in Yongsan, mm-hmm. which goes to show that uh, when you have areas where the property prices are, are quite high, uh, people are very much resistant to they the are. idea of taxation and uh, the idea that they are being punished somehow, mm-hmm. even if they are maybe not speculators, although speculation still seems to be a problem mm-hmm. even during uh, a downturn like this. wish we had time to uh, go over our... Uh, final stories here to you, but as always we appreciate all the hard work that uh, you have uh, done for us here and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some more reporting from you uh, shortly thank you very yeah, much
1: thank you